Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Shy Sports Combo. We are your host, Edgar Romero, alongside Martin Barraza. On today's episode, we'll be covering more of the NBA playoffs, alongside our Chicago Cubs and White Sox, as well as a little bit of news for the Chicago Bears, as this week is the NFL Draft, and also the last week for the Chicago Blackhawks as the season ends. Good, good, good evening, Martin. How you doing today, sir? Uh, what a what a crappy uh, sports weekend for for uh, Chicago teams, right? Bulls yeah. wet the Bulls wet the bed. The White Sox look asleep, just like their manager, and the Chicago Cubs have a have a performance of a lifetime on Saturday, and then crap the bed the other two day, the other couple days against the Pirates. Yeah, but at least we expect that from the Cubs as their pitching staff is up and down. At least they're hitting. We don't have an offense that is just striking out and not pitching in, but at least they're hitting. But yeah, you're right. The Cubs should at least split the damn four-game series with the Pirates. And and I don't mind about them losing the two out of three with the Rays because the Rays still a good team. But the big perspective, they should have won, split it two or win three out of four. But it was, it went the opposite. But let's start with the Chicago Blackhawks. As this week, it will be the regular season finale as they got the Blackhawks have three games left. They got their playing today against the Flyers, which they're here in, in the United Center. Wednesday, Golden Knights come into town. And Friday, the Hawks go to the Sabres. So overall, this season for the Blackhawks has been a disappointing season, as you can tell, with the whole scandal and pretty much trading the good players and getting young prospects back. The record for this season is 26 and 42. And I don't know. I'm looking at the Flyers and the Golden Knights. They could probably beat the Sabres, but they probably end up being a 26 and 45 record for this season. How do you see your Blackhawks ending the season? Yeah, I think they're going to lose. Right now, they're beating the Philadelphia Flyers 2 nothing in the first period. So who knows? Maybe they might win that ball game, that that hockey game. And I don't think they're beating the Golden Knights, and they do have an opportunity to beat the Sabres. We we, we talked about this in prior episodes of the pod this is a rebuild this is a rebuilding team that has to rebuild the front office rebuild the identity they basically have to rebuild everything coming off of that big scandal and exposing the the front office and how how really they you know had lack for lack of a better terms they were not doing their job in terms of taking care of their players and of course, they haven't been doing a good job of developing, and it's you know it's it's rebuilding time for the Chicago Blackhawks, and and they have a new coach, they have a new front office, and it's good. It's going to be a while. It's going to take a while. It's going to be tw- It's going to be Chicago Cubs esque yeah. in terms of their rebuild. Also, waiting to see what they do with uh, Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane, which ones, they, which one they keep, and which one they trade for to get more prospects, but. The Blackhawks is the last week. Any hockey fans out there? This is the last week for the Chicago Blackhawks season. So we just better hope that by next season, the moves that they make 
or whatever with the real. It's gonna be a rebuilt team, but we get the chance to see the young kids come up and see how they do, and hopefully become the way how they did when Taze and Patrick Kane came up and rejuvenated the whole team and pretty much became the dynasty of the two uh, of the 2010s. But moving on to our Chicago Bears. Oh, you're gonna say something with me? Go ahead. No, I just you you hit it right in the head. Hopefully that I mean they have the blueprint that they've done it before. Kind of like how you know how the Cubs are rebuilding and they had the blueprint of how they did it before and hopefully they follow it and hopefully they're able to hit it just like they did before. But yep, like you said, on to our Chicago Bears. Yep, Chicago Bears, as you can tell this week is the NFL draft. The Bears won't get to pick on Thursday because they ain't got no round one picks, but they pick on Friday, which they got round two and round three picks. But before we get to the NFL draft, on Saturday, a recently signed wide receiver, Mr. Byron Pringle, <laughs> signed a one-year deal for $4 million to play with the Chicago Bears, was arrested for doing donuts Starting with a suspended license, being confrontational with the cops or the sheriffs or the state troopers, whoever stopped them, and having a child in the backseat while doing the donuts. I mean, what an idiot. And in, in, And I'm saying this because... Byron Pringle, you know, coming from Kansas City, doesn't have a big, you know, he wasn't a big focal point in the offense when you have Tyreek Hill, McCole Hardman, you have Sammy Watkins, and you had Tyre and Cal Kelsey. You come to Chicago, and Chicago doesn't have a clear number one. You have the opportunity to come and and build, you know, a good a, a good niche for yourself to try to be a focal point of the offense and what do you do what do you do before you get into OTAs and training camps you get arrested yep you get arrested how stupid can you be and it, it annoys me because some of these athletes they don't know they don't know how lucky they are to be blessed with the gifts that they have to be able to make that money that they have and some of them are idiots and they just throw it away and we're saying it because again we are not blessed with the gifts that they have and we're stuck working you know nine to five jobs and we're not professional athletes like they are so on the outside looking as a fan it kind of annoys you that they do all this stuff when you know he has a chance to make even more money by being good with the chicago bears and actually now being part of a focal point of the offense. But what do you do with, to kick off, to kick it off? You get yourself arrested. Great job, Byron Pringle. Great job. Yeah. But we'll see how they react because there has not been no reaction from the Bears side or Pringle's side. But let's go back to the draft. As I was saying, round two. The Bears have the number 39 pick and number 48 pick. And for round three, they got the number 71 pick. 
So all these three picks, they're pretty much near near each other and should be picked by Friday. So, for your sake, Martin, what do they pick first? Well, it really depends on how the draft falls, but my first pick, and there's two guys that I'm circling with my first pick, it is actually Smith, the tackle from Tulsa, because by all accounts and looking at what Eberflus and Ryan Poles are doing, it looks like they're pull, they're putting uh, Jenkins on the right side. Jenkins played a lot as a right tackle from Oklahoma State, and that looks like where he was comfortable. It looks like Borum is going to be pushed into a guard, which means you have a hole at left tackle. Smith at Tulsa actually played very well, and I think he can be a left tackle for you. And I think he will fall to that first, their first, second round pick. And he's a guy that I would look for. The second pick that I want to get is actually George Pickens from Georgia. He he has first round talent. Unfortunately, he had an injury. But, you know, he had an ACL injury, but with the modern medicine nowadays, these receivers could come back from an ACL injury and play well. So I think they would get excellent value if they get George Pickens out of Georgia with their second first round pick. And it fills their needs of a tackle and it fills the needs as a wide receiver. Now, when you have Pickens, you have Brian, Byron Pringle and you have Mooney, you have... Uh, your tight end. Uh, you, we have your tight end. Uh, blanking on his name. What's his name again? Uh, uh, me too. What's his name? Freaking um. <laughs> Cole uh, Komet. Cole Komet. Oh, Cole Komet. I've seen pic- I've seen pictures of him coming in, coming into his workouts, and he looks like he looks jacked ready to become a focal point of the offense again. So those are the first two players I would pick. And in the third round, I'm looking for a corner. I'm looking for a corner who could potentially be the number two corner with Jalen Johnson. That's what I would do on Friday. I don't know the any name of the players, but the way how I, I, I had what type of player you should pick. I did pick that. The first pick, an O-line. Somebody in the O-line, so... I'm right there. Yeah, left tackle, whatever they need to to do to protect um, Justin Fields, and then the second gate, the second pick will be a wide receiver, and the third pick a cornerback. Get a cornerback as soon as possible, and then be the last three for a wide receiver, a linebacker, and another tight end if they need it. But do time will tell if the Bears do pick make those picks on Friday. So now moving to the NBA playoffs. Let's start from last week's Monday as we saw the Raptors lose to the 76ers 97-112 which made Philadelphia go up 2 to nothing. Then from there we got the Jazz losing to the Mavs 104-110. With that series becoming being tied at one one each. And then we saw the Nuggets lose to the Warriors 
126 to 126, and Golden State has a 2-0 lead. Moving on to Tuesday, the Hawks at the Heat. The Hawks lose this one, 105 to 115. Miami has a 2-0 lead. The Wolves at the Grizzlies. The Wolves lose this game, 96 to 124, and they got a series tied at one. The Pelicans. This was surprising. Beat the Phoenix Suns, 125 to 114. And they have the series title one each. And now, let's go to Wednesday. This was the game as the Celtics took over. One game one over the Nets. And this game, I figured the Celtics figured the Nets out as the Nets lose again, 107 to 114. Irvin only scored 10 points throughout that whole game, and I believe um, the Red only scored like 20 points or something. But Boston takes the lead, two to nothing. With uh... does this surprise you that this Boston is playing this real well against the Nets? I am because I actually thought the Nets were going to win this series. Kyrie Irving doesn't look good. I mean, he had. He had that game where he flicked off the fans and he hasn't been playing good. Kevin Durant has not played good either. This team looks like a shell of himself. And I think Boston is playing with that hunger. They they know the type of players that the Nets have and you know you want to they want to beat them. Jason Tatum, I think, is getting to that next level of superstar, and Jalen Brown is really good. Boston's yeah. really hard, really good. They match up well against anybody because they have bigs that move. And they could throw multiple wings at you. They got Marcus Smart, who's a very good defender. Jalen Brown, Tatum, White can hit threes. That white boy Pritchard (laughs) can hit shots as well. And yeah, I mean, Boston's always been good defensively. And and they're, they're showing that now their superstars are taking that next level. And they're a very dangerous team. Yep, so and they, they got um, Robert Williams back in that series too after oh, he yeah, was hurt and he might have been gone for that series. So Yeah, so Celtics win that series, so they're up two to nothing. Moving on to the other game, barely beat the Raptors one oh four to one oh one and they go up three to three oh. And now let's talk about our Chicago Bulls right. at the Bucks. This game was played differently as the Rosen did not have a good game in game one. And I think for this game on Wednesday showed a lot of difference of what he was doing during the regular season as the Rosen scored 41 points. Wusevich had a great game as well, double-double, 24 points and 13 rebounds. And Lesag Levine scored 20 points, but Caruso's defense, man, on top of of um, Giannis and and Middleton, he was he was on point, and the Bears win it and the Bulls win this game one fourteen to one ten, but in that game, Chris Middleton got injured, so he will be out of the series due to knee injury. But as we move on to the other days, we'll see that that, that won't affect the Bucks at all. But what you saw about that game, what you saw the Rosen man, he he was like a beast in that game. Dude. That game was good, and that game the Bulls came out with a sense of urgency. I think game one the Bulls came out flat, 
and then the Milwaukee Bucks, I think, started with a 9-0 run. Well, the Bulls started out with a 9-0 run. Their yes. defense was better. They were able to make shots. DeMar DeRozan's mid-range game from the regular season translated into that game. Um, and they were hitting timely shots defensively. They were very good making the rotations. Alex Caruso was being a pest. Uh, White was making shots. And they they had a hunger and they had fire that I really liked from them. Unfortunately, as you alluded to, and we're going to touch this going forward, it wouldn't carry over, but I was proud of the way they played game two. For me, at least they won a game. Me going to the playoffs, I didn't want them to get swept and then get out of here. They won a game. That's the one I saw. The Bulls win that game, so the series tied one and one. So moving on to Thursday, we got game game um, three between the Grizzlies at the Wolves, Timberwolves. And the Grizzlies win this game, 104-95, and they take a 2-1 lead. Moving on to the second game, the Mavs at the Jazz. The Mavs win this game. 126 to 118. The Mavs take a 2-1 lead. And the Golden State Warriors at the Denver Nuggets. They win that game 118 to 113. And they take a 3-0 lead. Now moving on to Friday. Heat at the Hawks. The Hawks barely won this game. 111 to 110. And Miami is up 2-1 in that game. The Suns at the Pelicans. Without Devin Booker. Because I believe Devin Booker got injured. So... The Suns barely won this game, 114-111, and the Suns are up 2-1. to one. And now the third game of the of, of the Friday night. The Bucks at the Bulls, and... Huh. The Bulls lose this game, 111-81. As like we said, they had a phenomenal game on Wednesday. But going into Friday's game, the Rosen only had 11 points. Lucevic, 19 points. Levine, 15 points. Without Chris Middleton, the Bucks bench came in clutch with Mr. Allen scoring 22 points. And the Bucks go up 2-1 on Friday. What are your thoughts on that Friday's game? I was very disappointed. There was a lot of hype going into that game, and the Bulls came out very flat. It was mm-hmm. To me, it was a combination of things. The, the Bucks came out and they were shooting very, very well. And then two, there was a little fire in the belly of the Bucks because there was there was speculation and can the Bucks win without Chris Middleton? The Bulls have a chance. And you know what? Instead of the Bulls, I think, coming out with a more of a sense of urgency, like smelling blood in the water, I think they came out even more flat. And their defense rotation showed Again, the problem, and I think the Bulls have been exposed, the Bulls are very small. They are extremely small. Yeah. And Milwaukee's a bad matchup for them. I honestly, I think the Nets are a better matchup because the Nets aren't as big as the Bucks. The Bucks are big. They got, they've been rolling out the lineup of, and we first saw it in this particular game. And one time in the floor, we had Portis, we had Lopez and we have Giannis all on the floor, and the Bulls only had only had Vooch, and at one point they only had Tristan Thompson and Derek Jones on the floor. There's no rebounding 
no toughness. And also the Bulls have not been driving to the basketball. They have not been getting any type of free throw attempts. All have been jump shots and three-point shots, and they've and it's not hit. So I was very disappointed in the way they came out and the lack of aggression, the lack of fire that they had. And credit to Milwaukee, they they came out of play and the Bulls didn't. Yep. Yep, simple as that. So at least we know what the Bulls need for next next season. That they need big guys to be helping out in that lineup. But moving on to Saturday's games, and we got the 76ers at the Raptors. And finally, the Raptors get a win out of the 76ers. They win this game by 110 to 1-2, so the 76ers have a lead of 3-1. to Going on to the second game, you got the Mavs at the Jazz, and the Jazz win this game to tie up the series at 2. It went by 110 to 99. And then, the third game of the Celtics and Nets. This time, the Celtics are at, the, at Brooklyn, and the Celtics win this game 109 to 103. Tatum had one of his top games as he scored 39 points with Brown 23, Jalen Brown with 23 points. Durant and Irving each only had 16 points, so they had not been the part of the Durant and Irving had not been the powerful team duo that gives you the points that you want them to score you. And now the Boston is up three to nothing. So before we talk to Monday's game between these two teams. You think the Nets have a chance to win at least one game? I mean, they should. The Nets are a very talented ball. The Nets are a talented team, but for some reason, it's not translating on the floor. It it it's interesting to see what they're going to do doing forward, and it's funny because you know how LeBron James gets ridiculed for you know for having that epic collapse in the finals against the Dallas Mavericks, and rightfully so. But I'm looking at Durant's numbers, and Durant's supposed to be the best player on the planet. He's had a very bad series, and he and he's been completely shut down by the Celtics. Yes, he has. And Kyrie Irving, as much talent as he has, I wouldn't want him nowhere near my team. I get it that he has stances for, you know, for social justice and, you know, getting the vaccine. But that doesn't help a bas. That doesn't help a basketball team. If you want, if you want to do that, then get off a basketball team. Because to me, if you sign a contract, you got to be there and put it in your all. You can't be playing part time. And I think honestly, that kind of derailed the team, and that's what caused James Harden to request a trade. But you know, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are best friends, so it's gonna work. But this team usually super teams don't work and they're not gonna work so and that's that's a prime example you got to build through the draft and you have a one or two good players but i'm shocked they should win right now they're losing at the moment but at least they should win a game to make it respectful yeah but um yeah and then not having Ben Simmons since that's the guy you traded for for James Harden that's where you got on Curry Dude, Simmons is soft, super soft. Man, I don't know, man. I think that dude lost a lot of respect, and nobody's gonna end, end up signing him nowhere because he's pretty much. Like, I feel like his basketball career could be over if he don't start picking it up and stop being uh, 
worried about shooting, bro. You're in a team that you—they're not asking you to shoot. They want you to defend, but I don't know, man. And pass, defend and pass. That's something yeah, that he man. excels at. Yeah, if he would have done that, maybe this team plays better. But I don't know. I feel like they're gonna get swept. But moving on to the last game of that Saturday night was the Grizzlies of the Wolves. The Grizzlies win this game. Uh, I mean, the Wolves win this game by one point, one eighteen to one nineteen, and they tie up the series at two. So moving on to Sunday's games, the Nuggets beat the Warriors one twenty six to one twenty one to get one game one in this series. So the Golden State Warriors. Lead us three to one. Heat beat the Hawks nasty as well. Leading one ten to eighty six, and Miami goes up three to one. The Suns at the Pelicans. The Pelicans tie up the series without Devin Booker in the lineup as they beat the Suns one eighteen to one hundred three and tie up the series at two. What are your thoughts on that game, man? Are you surprised that the Pelicans are giving them a hard time? I am surprised, but again, Devin Booker being without Devin Booker is, is a huge loss right now for the Suns. But even so, the Suns should be able to to beat them. Yeah, beat them and, without Devin Booker, nah, dude. And they're not. They're 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 being competitive. Yeah, they're struggling. And then the big the, the big thing in that game and. The Suns coach was kind of complaining about it. Look at the free throw attempts. 42 to 17. <laughs> really, the Pelicans kept driving and testing DeAndre Ayton and the rest of the bigs for the Suns, and they were getting calls. Yeah. And I think that was a big difference in the ball game, and it was because of the, spar- the disparity between the free throw attempts was almost about th- uh, 30, and they won by 15 points. So, so it, that's what it was, but... Hey, if Phoenix if Phoenix sleeps, we might get an upset here. And if Booker doesn't come back, Brandon Ingram is playing very, very well. And imagine if they had Zion Williamson, if he was playing healthy and committed to basketball. Who knows where this Pelican team would be? Yeah, you're right. Because if Zion Williamson, they probably would have had a, a actually a better chance actually winning and taking out the the number one seed in the Suns. But the Pelicans are maybe may being competitive, so so let's move on to our Sunday's game: the Chicago Bulls and the Milwaukee Bucks. As the Bucks are in the United Center facing off against the Rosen, and this game, same as Friday, the Bucks outscore the Bulls, winning the game one nineteen to ninety five. Giannis. Scores 33 points while Drew Drew Holiday has 26 points and Allen replacing Middleton scores 27 points. On our bull side, the Rosen only had 23 points, Usovic 11 points with 10 rebounds, Levine 24 points, and Caruso they had no points and pretty much had like a nosebleed or because he got hit in the nose towards the end of the of the, of the first half. But they lose this game one nineteen ninety five, and Milwaukee has a three one lead. So my question to you, Martin: 
Do the Bulls win game five or are they eliminated? The Bulls will win game five. The Bull, yeah, the Bulls will win game five. I expect the Bulls to come out with more fire to play better. Um, but if you break down the game, you break down game four. I think Milwaukee. You had Bob, Milwaukee is just shooting out of their mind. Bobby Portis hit for his first three shots. Usually that doesn't happen. Grayson Allen shooting out of his mind. Mm-hmm. What is happening now too is. Giannis is driving to the basket and becoming a playmaker. And since they're shooting, they're shooting as well as they're shooting, he's kicking it out to the shooters. And now the Bulls have to go and get the shooters. They're knocking down shots, which now allows Giannis to come and play bully ball, put his back to the basket and score inside. Unfortunately for the Bulls, they need to play with more fire. They need to get out and have that sense of urgency which I haven't them play since game two. Yeah. So, but I feel like they will do that. And they need to have a very good game from Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan. I think both of them have to go for 30 together and at least get 20 points and 15, 10 yeah. to 15 rebounds from Vooch. Yes, I need, I need, I need at least 20 points from Vucevic. Uh, at least 25 to 30 points from the Dean. Mm-hmm. And, and like you said, the Rosen 30 to 40 points and Caruso being the same thing. I believe by them scoring those points, they should be they should be able to win game five. Which game five will be on Wednesday, I believe. Yep, Wednesday. So we get to see that game on Wednesday. So they they get time to rest two games, so they're gonna obviously go to back to Milwaukee. Today's games lining up on Monday. You're seeing the Celtics at the Brooklyn Nets currently, the Raptors at the 76ers, the Jazz at the Mavs for today's game. And currently, right now, I believe the Celtics are leading. Let me see here. I know they were leading by by 13 points. It's- yeah, it's the end of the third quarter. Celtics are leading 90 to 78. 90 to 78, so they're up by 12 points. So a little good for the Nets. <laughs> for the Nets, and if they do get swept, well, I have to say, hey, at least the Bulls got one one game. And I think they'll be the lone team that got swept in this series because all the series, I believe, they're already they're already broken. They're, they're everybody's already won a game. Yeah, not even the eight seeds. The eight seeds have been able to get get yep. some victories. Yeah. So, exactly. So we're making it, making it good. And I don't know. You see the the, the 76ers winning today's game and actually pinching. Uh, it doesn't look like it right now. The Raptors are winning forty-one to 27, 27 with seven fourteen okay. left in the second quarter. Yeah, and it's not looking good for the Nets right now as. Durant tried to score. He got blocked, man. Boston's defense is catching to them, man. It's it's great. They're playing great defense. Yeah, they're playing great defense, man. They got the Nets between Irving and Durant. They got no answers, man. They had no answers for this team. But they'll be... So we got today's game, Tuesday games. We got the 
Kate at the Hawks, the Wolves at the Grizzlies, and the Pelicans at the Suns. By Wednesday, we were going to have the Bulls at the Bucks. But that's our NBA playoffs for right, currently right now. Let's move on to our Chicago baseball team. Let's start off with our Chicago Cubs, which on Monday, they had a three-game series with the Rays. The Rays come to the north side, and that was a pretty good tight game. The Cubs win this game, 4-2. Uh, Hendricks win 4.1 innings, gave up four, five hits and two earned runs, but I'm liking this move, man. When you know when the starting pitcher struggles, they're bringing Thompson. Thompson, man, he 3.2 innings pitched, no earned runs, gets gets a crack in, and boom. Shundell goes one to four. He has a home run, RBI, and Wisdom goes one for three with two, with a two run home run and two RBIs. So Suzuki has two for three with two runs, and the Cubs win that game. Robinson gets to save for that game, but moving on to Tuesday, the Cubs lose, lose a tight one, 65. Steele only went 2.2 in, innings, gave up three hits and four earned runs with three walks. Schwindel, again, another game, one for four, home run, Wisdom, one for three, another two-run home run. And then Horner, one for four with an RBI. But they couldn't win this game as they were fighting back to to take back the take back the game but they couldn't and then Thursday they lose no Wednesday they only go up to what a five and a half innings so but they were getting yeah, I think it was a right now game right yeah towards the end yeah so they, they went to five innings that they needed to go and the race was just pretty much beating them up eight to two and Strowman only went 4.1 innings pitch with the eight hits and seven earned runs and two walks. And that's it. So, and then uh, Shundell and Magical were the only ones that had an RBI each, and that's it. So, what was your thoughts on that series with the Rays? Uh, disappointed in the pitching because you had your top three starters. You would expect a little bit more. Um, Justin Steele got off to such a good start, and I think he's falling back. To how he, you know, how you expect he is. Um, I'm also disappointed in Stroman. Stroman has not played well since he signed with the Cubs. So it's very brash, which is fine, but you got to put your money where your mouth is. And so far, he has not pitched. He's not pitched like a top tier starter since he's been with the Cubs. Not yet. Um, Schwindel has been playing good. Um, I get annoyed when Schwindel is out of the lineup for Rivas because I don't think Rivas is a player that's going to be with the Cubs once their prospects are coming. Schwindel is a piece, I think, that'll be there because as far as I see, I don't think the Cubs have a first baseman coming up. So who knows? No, maybe they no, think no, it's no, Rivas. No. They think it might be Rivas, but I don't think it's Rivas. I think Schwindel no, is better think- than Rivas. Yes, I think Shundell stays and Wisdom stays because Wisdom Party will have the DH spot locked down. Yeah, even though their ceilings are not high, but I think Shundell's ceiling is higher than Revis, and that tells you something. Because oh, Shundell's yeah. ceiling isn't high. Yeah, Shundell could stay here, could retire as a Cub, 
for the next five, six years that he stays here and play, and that's it, you can call it a career. He's not going to have a that long uh, MLB career because he's already in his 30s. But if he could stay consistent for the next five, six years, yes, he's definitely staying in the Cub, and that's it. But yeah, I agree with you, you know. None of the starting pitchers were doing good, you know. Andrew's struggling a little bit as well as Strowman. I give him more... It's more hard for me. I, I, re- it, I I'll be more hard on Hendricks than on Stroman because Stroman is a new team, he's trying to get familiar with everything. But Hendricks has been there and done it, and for him to come off and be struggling, it's like, yep, you gotta find your pitches and continue. You're the you're the leader of this team, in the starting staff at least, and be more polished. But let's move on to the Pirates as they got a four game series here in Chicago. And like I said, we're talking about the Pirates. They took three out of four of the Cubs so on Thursday. Pirates beat the Cubs four to three. And this was obviously ends up being a, a bullpen game. And Schwindel, Suzuki, and Villar each had an RBI each, and that's it. They couldn't come back and beat the Pirates four to three. Friday's game, the Pirates beat that win that game too as well, four to two. Uh, Smiley loses his game because as he went five innings, gave up six hits and four earned runs. While Emocio had had a lone one hit that brought in two runs batted in, and that's it. The Cubs couldn't do nothing else besides those two those two RBIs from Emocio, and that's it. The Cubs lose that game. But moving on to Saturday, <laughs> Saturday's game. Holy crap! I believe Mr. Martin Russell was in that game. Lucky bastard. I did went to, I did go to the game. Nice weather and a, a great day to take in Cubs baseball. And I believe and I believe we saw a game where we cannot wait until it gets more warmer outside because the way how this the pitching staff and the hitters went, that's what I expect them to do every damn game in the summer. The Cubs outscore the Pirates, shut them out, twenty-one to nothing. Mister Hendricks looked like his old ways, going seven innings, allowing only two hits with two strikeouts. And Thompson and and uh, and Thompson for, for the uh, Pirates went two innings, nine hits, and four runs. He was so bad. He was horrible. Because in those two innings, that's when the Cubs had the massive runs coming in. As Let's go over as Contreras went three for five with three runs batted in. Suzuki three for four with an RBI. Egan Hat three for six with two or two runs batted in. Villar two for five with three runs batted in. Horner had one of his bad, better games. My four man, Horner. Four for five with three runs batted in. Hayward went two for five with an RBI. And the guy that you said that you don't like, Mr. Alfonso Rivas, went three for six with five runs batted in. He had a home run. Yep. So to hear I want I want to hear more of the of that game, man. How were you feeling? Were you excited? You were you were probably happy, dude. You're probably that jumping was... in the second inning. <laughs> that was that was a great game. Um the fans were not very happy with with uh, Hayward. Hayward actually had 
his first two at bats, he had, the, had runners on base and he popped up. Uh, but Wilson Contreras looked very good that game. Akenseya Suzuki, they batted him second. They're, they're, as you notice, they're batting him higher in the lineup to see if he yeah. produces, and he's been producing. Um, yeah, everybody, everybody looked good. Nico Horner looked very good. I think a thing also that helped out the Cubs is that Kevin Newman had two errors. Chavis, the third baseman, because Keep Brian Hayes didn't start that game. Also, just bad defense in general with bad pitching helped the Cubs get to those 21, yes. 21 runs because, yeah, the Pirates also did a very bad job defensively. Kevin Newman just bobbled two easy plays that could have been inning-ending double plays. The Cubs then continued, and they made their pitching staff pay. Pitching for the Pirates that day was also very bad. So, as a fan, I was very excited. Lots of runs scored. All the fans were happy. It was a beautiful day, but then, you know, once they hit 15, I was like, you know what? This should save some of these runs for the next day. Yeah, because next day, Sunday, the Pirates win another close game, 4-3. to three. As Steele only goes three innings, allowing four hits and three earned runs, and takes the loss with this game. Which, that ain't bad. Allowing three earned runs, but when you give up three runs and there's no offense, that's scary. And that's what happened to this game. Contreras had an RBI on an error. Schwindel had another RBI, and Ian Ham had a lone home run that pretty much thought will bring it back close to the Cubs, but I'm still waiting for that um, walk-off home run from somebody for this game, and I can't wait for this summer to get come soon. But overall, the Cubs went two games out of, what is it, seven? Mm, I think they went two for five, right? Yeah, two for five. Oh, my bad. One, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, one, two, one, two. Won two games out of the seven they played. Yep, you're right. Yep. So they went two for five, which is not good. Home, nope. If you're going to be at home, you better either win five out of the two or five out of three. But hopefully it continues as, as Chicago weather gets warmer. Hopefully the Cubs turn that around and we'll see some better games off of them. But then, from the Cubs, let's go off to our Southsiders, as they were on the road, man. Oh, they looked ugly. Oh. Everything, bullpen, starting pitching, and the lineup. Defense, everything was bad. Everything was bad for last week for the Chicago White Sox. And before and previous podcasts, we were saying, man, that lineup of the White Sox is scary. The starting rotation is scary. The bullpen is scary. You know, having Hendricks, Cranbrough, Graveman in that lineup and everything. And they signed Kelly. I'm like, oh my God, they're going to be a top team. Nope. The Guardians and the Twins, their central rivals, outbeat them. Starting with the Guardians, they had two makeup games. Monday's game was um, postponed to a late date. 
And Tuesday game, I believe, was postponed. So they had to play a doubleheader on Wednesday to make up that Tuesday game. And the, and Monday's game will be moved to some, to another later date. But let's go to the doubleheader. As for the game one, it was Shane Bieber against Dallas Keiko. And oh my yes. God, Dallas no. Keiko only went one <laughs> in, giving up seven runs and ten hits. While Shane Bieber went six innings, only giving up one earned run and four hits and has seven strikeouts. Jose Ramirez had that one grand slam. And boom, that pretty much decided the whole game. Anderson went one for four, but only had one RBI. Gosh, Kaiko. He also had three errors in that game. Uh, Yeah, three or two errors. But he had multiple. He had multiple errors in that game. Jose Abreu also had errors. So, in Keiko's defense, the defense didn't help him out in that first inning. Yeah, but uh, uh, but man, he, after coming back this is last year for the White Sox, and for him having these type of numbers is like. Yeah. So far to being the John Lester of the White Sox. <laughs> and moving on to game two. The Guardians have a there's a tight game between the, the Sox and the Guardians, but the Guardians win this game two to one. As um the starting pitcher McKenzie went goes four point one in his pitch, giving up one and run. While um, Lambert, the losing pitcher in the bullpen, pitched 3.2, five hits, two runs. Mendick had the lone RBI, while Ramirez had uh, and Mercado from the Guardians each had an RBI. And the Guardians beat the Sox 2 to 1. So they take both games of the doubleheader. Guardians win the first game 11 1, and, and the second game 2 to 1. So that tells me the pitching. The defense and the offense only managed to score two runs. Moving on to game three. The Guardians beat the Sox again, 6-3. As Sack Plesek had a good game. He went 6.2 innings with two hits and one earned run and three strikeouts while Dylan Seas went 5.1 innings, innings and Gave up four earned runs with eight hits and three strikeouts. Robert and Abreu each went uh, Robert two for four and Abreu went one for four. But the Guardians beat the White Sox sixty-three. So, what did you saw in those three games, man? With the Guardians, man. Well, it wasn't good because pitching was bad, defense was bad, hitting was bad. Everything was bad. Somebody wake up. Somebody wake up. Uh, Tony Larusa. I think somebody needs to wake up from his nap because the ship is the ship is falling off the rails. I mean, it's it's gonna happen. But what my concern is that they they look hurt and they look like the weight of the world is on their shoulders and they do not know how to respond. They're not like the 2016 Cubs, you know, all the expectations and all the pressure was on them to win, right? And they won. This is not the same. This is not the same team. 
and I could be wrong, but they don't look good. And hopefully, they wanted competition in the Central, right? They were saying that they want competition because that's the reason why they weren't winning against good ball clubs at the end of the season. Well, you got one, so now you got to climb out of the hole that you're on. And you're right, man, because um, the Sox beat down on their own Central last year. And this right here, this is a sign that it ain't going to be the same as last year. Because the Guardians, they got good starting pitchers, but their offense is like, yeah, okay. And they beat you? You don't even win one game? He's like, come on, man. Let's move on to Friday's fiasco with the Twins. They leave Cleveland to go face off the Twins. And it's another headache for three games. Friday, pretty much the bullpen ended up this game. Because it was a close one as well, I believe. Then I got the score for this game. What was the score for this game? Was it... For for Friday's game? Look it up. So, the score for Friday... The score for Friday, the Minnesota Twins win 2-1. to 2-1. to one. Yep, because it was a bullpen and it had a good, I believe this is where the errors from Anderson as well. Yeah, the White Sox were winning 1-0 in the 5th inning behind a home run from Andrew Vaughn. Then in the 8th inning, from 8th inning, Arias scored on a throwing error by Abreu. Yep. And then Jeffers scored. So that gave the two they gave the two one victory to to the Minnesota Twins and they start off the the first day. So again another another day with Tim Anderson and Abreu making throwing errors. And that could be scary for a team that were a little bit top notch last season the defense. So that Friday's game, the twins went two to one. And move on to Saturday's game because this was a big one. Dylan Bundy goes five innings, gives up four hits, no earned runs, four strikeouts. Velasquez goes only 3.1 innings pitch, eight hits, five earned runs, takes a loss. But in this game, we've got Buxton going four for four with two RBIs. Arreyes four for five with three runs batted in. Abreu one for four with two runs batted in, which was the only runs that they gave in. But here's the sad part. Remember how we said that? Yeah, he looks like he got traded to the to the Cubs to the White Sox with Jose Quintana. Well, yeah. So far, the past three years, Mister Jimenez has been an injury-prone player. Yep, he's and, made out of glass. Yep, as he pulled out his hamstring and once again will be out between six to eight weeks. Probably until after the All-Star game, he'll be probably be back. What are you your thoughts was, on your humanist, man? And you know, it was also hurt 
Luis Robert is also hurt. Yep. I just found that out, too. But Eloy, Eloy had, wasn't playing well, but then that injury kind of not helped. I mean, for he's a young player, and you know, coming up in the Cubs organization, I thought he was going to be decent defensively. Dude, but Kyle Schwarber's a better defender than he is. Yes, he is. And that says something about Eloy. As much as he tries to be a good defender, Eloy is not a good defender. He's a designated hitter. And I think that is a problem that the White Sox have. The White Sox are not very good defensively. You're not good at you're not good defensively at catcher. Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson starting to Tim Anderson, you know what I was getting from Anderson? I was getting Javi vibes. You know how Javi yeah. was really Javi was really good in a couple seasons, just like Anderson is. And now Javi, you know, kind of, you know, got the adulation of the crowd and getting the respect. And, you know, it kind of went to his head, started swinging and everything, not making enough plays, being like a daisical sometimes. I feel like that's yeah. happening with Tim Anderson. I could yeah, be I wrong, but I think that's starting to happen with Anderson. Yeah, I do, I do see it, man, because it's like having that, that rhythm and, come on, man, flicking fans off, which I don't know why you get mad. They buy the ticket to see you guys play. They got the right to cheer or boo you. It's like the whole fiasco in, 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 New, in New York as well with the Guardians when the Yankees threw the beer bottles at the, at the players from the Guardians for stepping up or speaking their mind. Yeah, well, that's, that's bad. That's bad. That, yeah, that's, that's bad. That, that 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 has no place in the fans. You can't be, you can't be throwing stuff on the field. Hell no, man. Especially to players, man. Especially when they don't do nothing. But like Anderson flipping them off, the fans is like, dude, I'm like, it's a. Uh, you can't be doing that, man. As the fans can't be throwing the beer, the players cannot be flipping the fans off and saying the ball that they suck or whatever. Like, nope. You can't be doing that. But the Sockville Saturday's game, 92. And they're out without Jimenez for two months. So he probably won't be coming back until after the All-Star game. And what about um, how serious is um, Luis Roberts' injury? Well, Luis Robert, supposedly they have him... He, he's not going to go on the injured list. So okay. I think it's a groin. It's a groin injury. He's got a slight groin pull. But they believe they could keep him in the lineup, give him some treatment, not putting on the IL, and he should become he should come back soon. It's not as serious as Eloy's, but these guys these guys are injury prone and it it, it tests out their depth. Start especially with pitching. You got Jimmy Lambert. Jimmy Lambert's a triple A guy. Normally yeah. he's not playing. But I mean, you gotta feel happy with what you're getting from Cease, Kopech, and and Giolito that he came back. And for Dallas Keiko, Dallas Keiko honestly he reminds me of Jake Arietta. Remember Jake Arietta last year? Mm-hmm. That's that's what Dallas Keuchel starting to remind me of, and I don't know. He's not gonna. He's not tradable because of his contract, but 
he he's close to being a liability for this team. Yeah, it's gonna be a liability, but man, so far Saturday game doesn't look good, and then Sunday's game. Sox were winning this game. I believe what four to three. Um, yeah. Mr. Mr. Liam Hendricks and Aaron Bummer they got they got hit Aaron Bummer gave up two earned runs and Liam Hendricks gave up two earned runs because Graveman pretty much had the bases loaded with three walks and and just take the loss as he pretty much Buxton hit a three-run home run to take that game and win the game six to three, six to four out of the White Sox. Now, remember, last year the White Sox had the better bullpen, the best bullpen in Major League Baseball. This year it is looking like they went the opposite. Aaron Bummer's getting hit around, Grayman's getting hit around, Hendricks, Liam Hendricks, the top dude, is getting hit around and it's like Joe Kelly, I don't know when he's coming back. But Kip Kimball's having a good, pretty good so far. Decent game with the Dodgers. <laughs> four games. Has three saves. Only gave up one earned run. Mr. Hendricks already gave, has like what, five, six earned runs already given up. Yeah, if, if they only had a good arm, you know, they could throw in the back of the bullpen. I wonder where they could get that. That's what I want to see, man. But what, what, what is your thought, man, overall with this White Sox team? They're, just, they're not looking good. They're not looking as a team that we thought that they were going to be this season so far. And, and it's funny that it's happening to Hendricks because Hendrick is annoying. I think I mentioned in the pod with his... With his gyrations and his mannerisms yes. on the on the mound, he is so annoying. So he's trying as, to be a bad. Yeah, I'm as the I could throw a hard ass, a hundred mile an hour baseball, seven, eight, ten times, eleven, and nobody's gonna touch it. Yeah, and some being a minor Sox troll that I am, I'm kind of happy that <laughs> he's struggling. But all in all, in all seriousness. This team, this team has this team has some holes and they have some trouble and injuries. I think injuries are a big deal, and when you don't have the depth, when you don't have the depth that they have that that a team like the White Sox do with the lack of they have the worst farm system, and then two, they needed they needed a starting pitcher, and they did not want to trade. They didn't want to trade for Manaya. I think Manaya's playing pretty good. Yes. And I think he would have been a good ad- good addition to their starting staff. Could yes, relieve some I believe um they were asking for Andrew Vaughn, right? Yeah, but then the but then Larusa doesn't play him. <laughs> Why do they want Andrew Vaughn for if they're not going to play him? Now they have to play him because Eloy's out, but they never they don't play him. It's my it's it's a little mind boggling and also what the hell is Lori Garcia batting doing batting third in the lineup? I don't know, dude. This team just went from being the 
dangerous team from last year to this team being the joke, man, because it's okay. All these injuries are happening, right? Who they trade for? Who they got? What pieces are they going to trade for to get a better piece here? Well, they can't. They got to do. They got to roll what they got to roll because their farm system is bare, and they're. It's time to put up or shut up, because I've been hearing a lot of hype around this team, and this team hasn't yeah. really done anything. And unfortunately, this year, and I'll say this now. On the record, the White Sox are winning nothing this year. I don't even think they're going to win the division. It's, it's, dude, I'm like, I, I'm not a hater on the White Sox. I already saw my Cubs win. But now that I saw my Cubs win, I don't mind the White Sox. I'm not hating the White Sox, but, man, you guys make all this trade. You guys traded Chris Hill. You guys traded, um, who else? They traded Quintana. They traded. Uh, you traded. What's his they, face? Uh, Eaton, and they got Giolito and Lopez and Dunning. They traded Dunning to get to get uh, Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn. Uh, you make up this trade, and and this is what they stole for it. Instead of trading for Lance Lynn, you should have just invested in a starting pitcher like um, I don't know. Trevor Bauer, probably, but without his damn Oh, no, no, I would not. But they could have maybe signed Robbie Ray. They could have signed yeah, um, Kevin, Ga- Kevin Gosman. Yep. King, yeah, you're right. They those, those, type of, those type of pitchers. But they, they went for a trade last night because it was a top message in there. Yeah, just because you got one, two good seasons off of you, does that mean you're going to be pitching the same? Because it took them a long time to figure to figure it out to be a starting pitcher. Because remember, he he was our he was with the Cardinals for a while on the Tony Larusa as well, I believe. Yeah, he was, and he had to go to Texas and Minnesota and other teams in order for him to learn how to pitch long and effectively. And well, we we will see what the White Sox do going forward, but right now. They have a test. They wanted a test. They wanted some competition. Well, they got competition because the their division's doing better. And on top of that, they got injuries. So we'll see what this team is made of. Yep. So hopefully I'm wrong. But, man, this ain't looking good for the White Sox. But for this week, I believe the White Sox have the Kansas City Royals. Tuesday to Thursday, as both teams are off today uh, for three games, and then the Angels. They should win that up. series. They should beat Kansas City, That's and against the Guardians and the Twins, bro. Man. <laughs> I mean, they should they should be they should be Kansas City, and I do not think they're going to beat the Angels for the first time. The Angels are off to a good start. Can you believe that? Yes, they they're actually yeah, off to a good start. I'm surprised they finally they finally got some pitchers that could pitch. Yep, they got Thor and Otani's been doing okay. He got rocked two starts ago, and then his last start he was do- he did good. Yes, and then the Cubs will go on the road and they had for a three game series with the uh, Braves oh, starting Tuesday to Thursday, and they come back to Milwaukee to face the Brewers Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So. 
Oh boy. Let's see how that week goes for the Cubs. Oh boy. I mean, Atlanta right. has not been playing well, but I don't think they're going to win that series. And then Milwaukee has been playing very well. I, long, I watched yesterday's game. Angel oh. Hernandez will make it up, man. Angel Hernandez. <laughs> Angel Hernandez. He's all like, bro, make up your mind. He should be on this side or on this side. What the hell, dude? Dude, he pit, he threw uh, Lauer, the starter for the Brewers, threw a pitch inside, almost hit Gene Segura, the second baseman for I the Phillies, and he called it a strike. <laughs> what the hell is that? He needs to be... He, need, he needs to be take. He needs to retire. Seriously, his strike zone is stupid. Yep. Angel he's the reason why they want robot umps. Yep, he's the main reason why because Angel Hernandez has been calling those type of plays every freaking year, and it's like every year with him, there's always something, and nobody said anything to him until Schwarber in the ninth inning. He, he got a call strike three. It was. Down and and really low below the strike zone and call strike three. And he's not like, you know what? I'm done. I'm Screw you, man. Like, <laughs> I love Schroeder's reaction, man. That's the first time I seen Schroeder get really pissed off. Never seen it as a cub, bro. But damn, I wish he was. I give him credit. Yep. But other news, Mr. Jake Arrieta, as we were talking about earlier, retired. Gave us the best moments in 2015, 2016 as a Cub with two no hitters. He rejuvenated. He he became the best pitcher with the Cubs during his Cub tenure. And so far, at least he he finally you know what I'm done. I, I'm not gonna pitch no more. I did what I did. And he won a World Series. Has no two no hitters and a Cy Young. What was your thoughts on Mr. Jake Arrieta, Martita? Ah, Jake Arrieta. Just warms the cockles of my heart. He yep. is the best pitcher in, in terms of a stretch, right? Best pitcher yeah. I've ever saw in my lifetime. And, and and it's a shame, right? Because in 2016, you know, he was coming off his dominance. God, I wish he was that pitcher. The 2014, 2015 Jake Arrieta and 2016. Yep. Oh my God! With with John Lester and Hendricks, and then and and I give him credit, he kept the Cubs in this series. Remember, they were down what three two, and he got it to three three. Oh yeah, three to one, and he got it to three to two. He still had his fastball, but his control wasn't there. But you know what? He pitched he pitched fantastic, and then and also a game that I always remember. The wild card game in 2015. Yeah, 2015. Where where Pittsburgh was talking shit shit and trolling him on Twitter. And you know what? You know what he said? I got something for you guys. And shut their asses out and shut up the whole stadium. The stadium was chanting against them. And you know what? He shut their asses up. That is what I like to see out of my athletes from my favorite teams. And yeah, it ended up poorly because, you know... He played very bad, and they they DFA'd him. But I will I don't remember Jake Arrieta for that. I remember him for his dominance and all the great moments that he gave us. I wish he pitched better last year. 
So like then if he was gonna call it quits, he ended up as a cub. But since he couldn't, they they traded him to the Padres, but he couldn't do anything over there as well. And pretty much decided, you know what, I'm not gonna resign. And also on other news, you know how we were talking about the, the White Sox resign Michael Conforto. Well, guess what? He's 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 gonna be out with season uh, with injury. And breaking news, sh- shoulder injury, right? The Celtics sweep the Nets, win the game one sixty to one twelve. Uh, oh shit! Oh man! The Nets got swept, eliminating Irving and KD of the playoffs. Wow! Wow! So KD can win a ring without Golden State, huh? Interesting. No, he can. Hey, 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 I guess he's, he's accepting it because he's uh, congratulating the players, Herbin and Durant. So I guess they knew that they didn't have the same momentum. But yeah. yeah. The Celtics swept the Nets and they're moving on to face either the Bucks or the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, interesting going forward in KD's career. I'm going to be interested to see, can he win a championship outside of Golden State? Because he has not won a championship. And if he can't, that's kind of a ding in his legacy to me. Yeah. That's, yeah, right, because he needed to go to Golden State to win a ring. And he's been out of Golden State, talked all that trash. I'm going to the Brooklyn Nets, and yep, nothing so far. And like you said, he probably has one more year with the Nets, and don't know if he's going to resign with them or anything. So now, would you want to brand in the Bulls uniform? I mean, sure, but uh, I mean, can the Bull for that? I think the Bulls can't keep Zach Levine, and. But that's an easy, I mean, I'm fine. You give up Zach Levine, you bring in Kevin Durant, and you add a, a big guy in the center or in the uh, power forward. Think that will work? Yeah, I think it'll work. I think the, Bull, the Bulls have a lot of work to do this offseason. I think now that they saw... Now that they saw, I mean, what lacks, I think their bench needs to be better. And again, they need more size. I think they need more wing players. They need wing players. They're too small. They rely on Io, who's very small. Corey, Corey White is small. DeRusso is small. Yeah, you're going to get a Glonzo Ball, but you need more wing players. Look at the Celtics. Look how many wing players they have. And they're able to throw multiple bodies at superstars. The Bulls don't have that. No. You think Alex Caruso can guard a guy like Kevin Durant consistently? No, he can't. You need a guy with size. You need a guy like Jay Crowder. You need a you need those you need a PJ Tucker. You need those type of players. Those type of players help you win championships. They're not sexy, but they help you win championships because they're three and D defenders. Yep. Um you know what's funny about the Sucks in the next game? Jason Tatum got fouled out with less than three minutes left in the game, and they still couldn't beat him. 
Wow, that's that's embarrassing. Well, yeah, that's our today's episode for sports. As we see how Cubs and and, and White Sox do this week against Atlanta, Milwaukee, Kansas City, and the Angels. And we'll see if the Blues win game game five on Wednesday. And if they do, then we'll probably see game six on Friday, I believe, Friday or Saturday. And if they could win those games and play it up, then we'll probably see a game on Monday next week. If we don't, then we know for sure Boston's going to face either the Bucks or the Bulls in the next round, which looks like more likely as the Bucks. And that's going to be a good game as well. And also this week, we got the NFL Draft, which is the starts on Thursday. I'm going to be seeing that. I'm going to keep my eyes open. And then the three picks on Friday for the Bears to see who they pick first. And if they do trade somebody just to get a first-round pick, we'll be, we'll be on top of that news as well. Well, that's it for our show for today. Thank you guys for listening. Please follow us on Shy Sports Combo 1 on Twitter. As well as you can listen to this um, podcast on Spotify, Apple, Google, or any podcast. As well, leave a comment follow, uh, on Twitter or on one of these comments that I always leave a question to ask what type of content or what are your thoughts on on the Bulls, your White Sox, the Cubs, the Bears, any, any good suggestions that you guys want us to talk about. We'll be glad you appreciate it. Well, thank you guys for listening. Go ahead, Marty, plug in your wrestling podcast show. Well, I want to thank everybody for listening to the Shy Sports, Shy Sports Convo podcast again. As Edgar said, you could listen. You could follow us on Twitter at Shy Sports Convo One, and you can listen to us on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all of your podcast listening platforms. And if you're interested in wrestling slash sports entertainment, you can listen to the Shoot Style Wrestling Podcast, also available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and all of your podcast listening platforms. Do you want me to be like Tony Khan? <laughs> oh. Every week I want to have a major announcement to say. Oh, yeah. So every major announcement for me has to say. Every week, Mr. AEW always has to say, I got some major announcement to say. And it's always something like, yeah, okay, yeah, whatever. I mean, it's okay. He's, he's, play, he's, he's playing wrestling, so... Yes, he is. He's watching. He's watching the WWE Network on Peacock, watching the '90s Attitude Era, which that's what it stands for: AEW Attitude Era Wrestling. <laughs> and just repeats everything what he sees and that what they did in that during that time during the, those three years, four years. Yeah, but yeah, but where's Mr. McMahon? He wants to be Mr. McMahon. Oh, he, he looks. He can't. Uh, he can't. <laughs> <laughs> he's he like, he be like Mr. <laughs> yeah he can't be Mr. McMahon he looks like the Bushwhackers he looks like the Bushwhackers yeah. with hair 
totally reminds me of how I imagine Shane McMahon, Shane McMahon was acting, thinking that he was going to get the wrestling company. <laughs> oh, man, but that's another talk for your podcast on your side. But that's it for our show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening and have a good night. Good night, everybody.